In the name of Jesus, who lives triumphant over death, their fellow redeemed. Just for a minute, I want you to imagine that you have stage four cancer. And it doesn't look good. In fact, your only hope is a rare and risky surgery that only one doctor in the world is willing to attempt. He's like your only hope. You put all your faith in him. And then on the day of your surgery, that morning you discover that that surgeon was killed in an auto accident. And when he died, so did your hope. In a sense, isn't that what happened to Jesus' disciples 2,000 years ago? They all hoped that Jesus would be the one to save them. In fact, they said, we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And then just when things were looking so good, he died. And with his death died, in a sense, their hope. But of course, Jesus didn't stay dead. He rose again. He, he, he appeared to his disciples. And in so doing, he gave back to them what they had thought they had lost. He gave them their hope. And not just hope for them, but hope for you and me too. In fact, that's our theme today. The resurrected Lord gives us hope. Hope that was once misguided and hope that has now been restored. Our account takes place on the afternoon of Easter Sunday. Two of Jesus' followers were traveling the road from Emmaus, or rather from Jerusalem to Emmaus, depicted in this famous painting. It's about a seven-mile hike. And while they're walking, they're the Greek says they're debating. They're going back and forth, talking about everything that has happened, right? And, and while they're debating, suddenly somebody walks up beside them. And, and Scripture says they, they, they were kept from recognizing him. Now, whether that means that somehow God kind of messed with their vision so they couldn't see Jesus clearly, or maybe more likely he... He, he came in a different appearance. I mean, that's the way Mark describes the same account. He says, afterward, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. In either case, these two men don't realize who Jesus is, and, and, and then Jesus asked them a, a seemingly simple question. He says, what are you discussing together as you walk along? Their response they stood still, their faces downcast. This gives us a little insight into the emotional state of these two men, right? They're, they're hurting. They're sad. They're, 
discouraged. They're maybe confused, confused by all the things that have transpired in the last couple of days, but also confused that this, this stranger <laughs> seems like oblivious to what has happened. They say, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know these things that have happened there in these days? Jesus asks, what things? About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. Just for a minute, step back and kind of think about this scene, right? If, if, if you're like an angel in heaven listening to this conversation, don't you about have to cover your mouth to keep from laughing? I mean, here's, here's Jesus, the all-knowing, all-powerful Son of God, who has just personally experienced his own crucifixion and death and resurrection, and now he's acting like, what? What, what happened? Can you just imagine the, the conversation? What? Say what? R- really? Who was it? Jesus of Nazareth, huh, that's, that's interesting. It, it's almost humorous. But of course, these men found no humor in this setting. They were feeling instead hopeless. Isn't that what they say? We had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. We had hoped, actually the Greek here is the imperfect. We were hoping. We had been hoping. In other words, we used to have hope. And then he died. And in fact, he's been dead for three days. So now we have no reason for hope. And why did they lose their reason for hope? What, what exactly were they hoping for? Well, they give us a little bit of a hint when they say we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. Now, maybe they meant that in a spiritual way, that Jesus was going to rescue sinners from the punishment of hell. But maybe more likely they saw this in a political in, a, in an earthly form, they were, they were counting on the Messiah to make Israel a great nation again, right? Just like back in the good old days with, with King David. When they were hoping that this Messiah would throw off the rule of the Romans, this, the Messiah would make their lives so much better. A lot of Jews were looking for that, Right? You think of the Jews that, that gathered around Jesus on Palm Sunday, right? What did they say about Jesus? Blessed is the King of Israel. Or, or the crowds that were so delighted that this Jesus could give them a free lunch there out in the country. Even Jesus' own disciples, on the, on the day he ascended into heaven, said what to Jesus? Lord are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? You see, if what those followers were hoping for was that Jesus was going to throw off the oppression of the Romans, and then this Jesus ends up getting crucified by those very Romans, it's no wonder that they've lost 
their hope. I mean, it's, it's, it's not like they were wrong in putting their hope in Jesus. It's just that they were putting their hope in Jesus to do something that Jesus never promised to do. Their hope was, you might say, misguided. They were hoping that Jesus was going to save them from all the trouble of life in this world. Tell me, can you relate? Ever felt like those disciples, a little discouraged when God didn't do what you had hoped he would do? I was hoping I was going to get that job. I was hoping to retire early. I was praying that God would give us a child or a grandchild. I was counting on God to extend the life of my loved one. Now, it's not wrong to lean on God in times of trials. But we need to be careful we don't put all our hope in something that God never promised to do. If we expect God to do things that he never promised, if, if we kind of set God's agenda for him, if we're hoping for things that, that don't line up with God's will, well, we're going to end up like those disciples, feeling hopeless. Thank God that Jesus didn't leave them or us in that feeling of hopelessness. Rather, he, he takes that hope that was kind of misguided and he redirects it. He points the, those disciples then and still today back to his word, his promises, and he redirects them. And in so doing, he gives us a hope that's yeah, was maybe once misguided, but now has been restored. Isn't that what Jesus did for these two men? When these two men recount everything that happened, that Jesus was crucified and then he was buried and then our, our women went out there and they couldn't find his body and then some other people went out there and they couldn't find his body and we can't figure out what's going on and what this makes no sense. What does Jesus say to them? How foolish you are and slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Think about what Jesus was doing there. Here, this is the first day out of the tomb and he spends a whole afternoon leading a Bible study. Why? Why? Because he wants them to see that all the things that happened were part of God's plan. God had said it was all going to happen in the Old Testament. You, you think about what passages do you think Jesus pointed them back to? How about Isaiah 53? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. The prophet is speaking about Jesus as if this has already happened. But he doesn't end there. He goes on. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life as a resurrection. 
You think of the psalmist who wrote, he will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your holy one, your faithful one, see decay. And, and why did Jesus point these disciples back to the Old Testament? So they could say, wait a minute, this should not have surprised us what happened. It was, it's all right there. Even though Jesus died, it also says he will rise again. This gives us hope built on what Jesus has t told us in his word. He's restoring their hope. But not only that, he, he did more than that. By pointing them back to the scriptures, he's kind of redirecting their hope. I mean, think about it. Jesus could have just showed up there on the road. They'd see who he was and they'd say, wow, Jesus, you're alive. But he, he didn't do that. He hid himself. You see, instead, instead of opening their eyes to see him in the flesh, he opened their eyes to see him in Scripture. Why? Why did he do that? He did it for you and me. Remember what Jesus said to Thomas? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. See, Jesus knew that this day would come where, where he would not stand in front of us and we'd all see him with our own eyes. So what are we going to believe in? What are we going to put our hope in? The same thing that Jesus wanted those disciples to put their hope in. God's inspired word. The promises that he's made to us. What does scripture say? These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah the Son of God, and that by believing you have life in his name. Isn't that the truth? This is, this is the tool that God uses to open our eyes to see the truth about who Jesus is and what he's done for us. This is where we've got the, the corroborated eyewitness testimony of Jesus who lives. But notice that even after Jesus open their eyes, right? He breaks bread. They realize who he is. They don't say, hey, he's alive. What do they say? Were not our hearts burning within us when he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Jesus opened the scriptures to us. You realize Jesus is still doing the same thing today. Haven't there been times where you were listening to a sermon or a Bible class or maybe reading the Bible and you just thought, all of a sudden, I never saw that before. Man, that's like God is writing to me like today. This is just for me. I never saw that before. God opens our eyes to see things we, we didn't see. And in so doing, he deepens our appreciation for what an awesome God we have. A God whose love for us is unconditional. God 
clarifies our vision for what his will for us in our lives is. He, he increases our, our certainty about what God is going to do for us in the future. These are the things that God does through his word to give us hope. I mean, if, if Jesus Christ has already kept the most outlandish promise of all, namely that he's going to raise himself from the dead, he can keep them all. He will. And, and not, not just the things that we hope for in life. No, even, even better things. The assurance that our sins are forgiven. The promise that we are going to live forever with God in heaven. The confidence that God's going to use even the tough times in life to draw us closer to himself and ultimately serve our eternal good. These are the promises that God has made and kept, promises that we can cling to because Jesus lives to restore our hope. In his name, amen. Thanks so much for worshiping with us today. We hope that God's word has strengthened your faith. To help us know more about the reach of our efforts here at Manav, we hope that you'll like and subscribe to our YouTube and Facebook pages, and that you also sign our online friendship register to let us know that you're listening today. God bless and keep you.